This is Stan and Carl with A Word Fitly Spoken. This is a privately funded podcast, and yet we need your support, not with money, but with your prayers, that this ministry accomplishes two things. One is that we spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, and second, that this is a platform for Christians to be able to tell their story. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and like us. This makes our podcast much easier for others to find on Stitcher and iTunes and iHeartRadio and anywhere that podcasts are playing. This recording and the material within it is copyrighted and any rebroadcast or use of the material without expressed written consent is strictly prohibited. Hello and welcome to A Word Fitly Spoken with Carl and Stan. We are here to bring you the good news, give some reports from the local mission field, and to fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So sit back, listen, and enjoy A Word Fitly Spoken. Before we begin today with our interview and hearing the testimony and stories from Bob Davis, I want to let everyone know that Brother Bob has been suffering and dealing with a uh, condition involving his throat. Throughout the podcast, you'll hear his voice change, different pitches, and it can be sometimes difficult to understand. We ask that you just listen closely and intently. We've got a brother that is essentially down to his last vocal cord, and he's committed to giving that voice to the Lord. And I felt truly blessed as we were able to hear his stories, and I'm sure that you will as well. So listen closely as we speak with Bob Davis. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to A Word Fitly Spoken. We're here on a beautiful Saturday morning uh, here at Winds Baptist Church, and I'm with one of my favorite people here in the church, uh, Brother Bob Davis. When I first started coming to this church, Bob was one of the the first people I got to meet, he and his beautiful wife, Kay, and uh, I had the pleasure of obviously spending some time with him uh, on uh, the road to Emmaus. Uh, You've heard me mention this on previous podcasts, and Bob, thanks for being here today, brother. We really appreciate you. My pleasure. Now, I happen to know your wife, Kay, fairly well. Beautiful lady. Let, tell us how the two of you met, because you come to know Christ after. We both did. Yeah, and you both did. Same well, we time. we knew who he was. Right. We did in our hearts. Right. Afterwards, it was um, March of 1969. Okay. I worked at a town hall beer joint mm-hmm. as a bartender, and as such, didn't have to pay a cover charge to get in. Kay was actually illegal cognitive money. <laughs> she was substituting for a roommate. She would not let me in. I'm paying her two dollars. He even grabbed me by the belt. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> and yet you worked there. <laughs> I paid two dollars. <laughs> okay. I got enough beer for the two dollars. Okay. And then it's Sunday night I came back. It's what you did in that when you didn't have anything to do. Three weeks later, we were engaged. Six months later, we were married. And now it's been over 50 years. Wow. Amazing. And God was not in our lives. But God was. Yeah. He he wasn't in your heart. No. But he was steering you. Because you needed her, didn't you? Hmm. Been dead if it wasn't for her. There you go. Where I was headed. Well, I was raised in a Christian home. Not necessarily evangelical. You have to remember, my parents were born in 
1913 and 1918, so it was a very conservative. Yeah. But I went to church, and till God and I had a little incident, and that lasted about 17 years. And when my daughter, my wife was pregnant with my daughter, and my daughter came along, I, I wanted her raised in the church as I was. Right. And make her own decision. It wouldn't be my decision, it would be her decision. Okay. And uh, I became a professional church ball player. Whenever church wanted me to play, I, well, I went to church. Right. And one Sunday, my sister and her, my wife, went to a church here in town and were very excited. Hmm. The thing that stuck out to me, I went to a Wednesday supper. I didn't know what that was. I was raised in a Presbyterian church. <laughs> they didn't eat there, did they? They ate, but don't, I don't want to <laughs> And all these people were glad handed me. And, yeah. you know, I come from a rough background. Right. <laughs> I'm like, who are these people? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I would be sure we prayer meeting there. I know I'm going home. I don't know what to prayer me. I don't know what it is. And I went over and started cutting the grass. And a fella came up who's now a dear, dear friend of mine, Norman Knuckles. And he was from that church. Okay. He said, I just want to talk to you about a Sunday school class. And uh, he intrigued me. And I came to his Sunday school class. And I never stopped uh, in July of 1975. I think putting the bed seam on my wife and I both put Christ in our hearts and never look back. And uh, one of the things for me that cemented that, that October, we had a gravel parking lot there at the town, the corner of Libby and Monument Avenue. Okay. And my daughter came out. I can tell you the coach she had on. She was three years old. And she came up to me and she was weeping. My thoughts were not godly thoughts. Somebody hurt my baby. Oh, yeah. Somebody thinks you get hurt. Mm -hmm. I said, what's wrong, honey? She said, Daddy, I got to talk to God. I said, you go to big church. That's what she used to call it. And I got to talk to God. If this three-year-old child can accept the love and God that loves and cares for her and wants to talk to her, what problem does this big old boy have? There you go. And God looked out for Kay and I prior to this because he put us together when we weren't following him at all. Right. But he knew we needed each other desperately. And I'm just, uh, because being raised by a colonel in the army, <laughs> very staunch, patriotic. Hmm. I'm very patriotic to what I believe in. That's right, yeah. And I took that with my testimony after I accepted Christ. So you had been married three years, had a daughter, another three years go by, and then that event happens where you end up accepting Christ as your Savior. You know, I, I, sometimes it, yeah. takes a, it takes something to soften our hearts. You know, there's a whole lot out there in the world to help harden our hearts and everything, especially uh, our own love for the sins and the temptations that are thrown our way. But it takes something traumatic usually to help soften that heart. And in this case, it was words from your daughter. And that's just that's just amazing. She's uh, very special. Yeah. We went to Ballfield watching my grandson play when seven years ago, I guess. Right. She was in front of me with the other mamas. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I hear, there's two things I always knew about my daddy. My immediate response was, I think I probably need to leave. <laughs> 
don't know what she was saying. She said, number one, I would always be protected. Yeah. And number two, if I went to jail, I'd spend the night. There you go. Mm -hmm. And mother looked at me and I gave him a thumbs up. I said, I will always love her. Nothing will stop her. That's right. But I will not take her consequences away. No. That's how we learn. We in the church so, so many times walk in two worlds. Yeah. The church world and the real world. Because a lot of times they're not the same. Yeah. And that's what I did. Uh, it took me getting to watch people as an adult. You know, I was a pretty good athlete. Mm -hmm. And it was taken away, and that's why I got mad with God. But I saw a church ball team who was highly competitive, as I am, mm -hmm. still am. Yeah. But who were a witness for Christ. Okay, you can do both. <laughs> and um, had a pastor that was just so phenomenal. He was an athlete too. Mm -hmm. uh, played ball at the University of Richmond. Okay. Wanted to sign by the uh, L.A. Rams years ago. And he turned it down to go to seminary. Really? And he won five gold medals in the Xenia Olympics. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. And he and I hit on every cylinder. And, and it was Sam. To get rid of the anger, God let me bend my anger. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, when my brother died and got hurt again because he was only thirty-nine. Mm. And God said, "For thirty-five years of your life, you had a brother that loved and cared for you. Yeah, for that you should embrace me." There you go. You accept Christ in nineteen seventy-five. Yes, and. Um, you start going to church and you start having a Christian family, really serving the Lord, you and Kay. There was a thing Baptist used to do. Okay. Called training you. Yeah. I remember training you. Six to seven. I remember training you. At night. And I was so blessed. God knew exactly how to get my attention. Yeah. Athletics. That does it. And I love history. Yeah. So I went to this class, was taught by a minister. But he was teaching the history of different religions, the Mormons, all of them, seven days, and I just loved it. Yeah, it's interesting. And he kept me there, and that church was very vital in training me to go out because I took every course they had coming. Mm. I took master like we met 26 weeks of my own, mm. about a dozen of us. I took experiencing God for 13 weeks. Mm -hmm. I took prayer life for 13 weeks. Mm -hmm. I even audited a course over at Baptist Theological Seminary. I knew God wanted me to do something. I just mm -hmm. didn't know what it was. So I'm assuming this is how you ended up getting into Kairos, into the Kairos Ministries. Baptist Men's Day. Baptist what? Men's Day. Baptist Men's Day. The men preach. Men run a service. Okay. I'm not sure they do that anymore, but I was one of three speakers. And evidently what God... Later, my heart just spoke to some people. And a fellow offered me to, we want you to come preach at James River Prison on Patterson. And then we leave and go over to Powhatan. There's a, uh, just a, a bridge that goes from James River to Powhatan, which is not meant for the fainted heart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's only one lane. Oh. And it only has that big of sidewalls, about six inches sidewalls. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I started doing that once a quarter. 
And then I got a call from a fellow named Jim wanting me to do the work center. That's where guys go out to work during the day. So I did a Bible study there every other Wednesday for a number of years. And because I became involved with so much, we cut it down to once a month. And then I, they helped me understand they were just guys who made mistakes. Right. The first time I went, it was a guy I knew from my work. Mm-hmm. I said, what are you doing here? And he, it was drugs. Mm-hmm. And then in 1999, I went on this thing called the Walk to Emmaus. Right. My first experience with the Walk to Emmaus, my wife was helping really into it. The guy had a rooster pin on his lapel. Now that's from Emmaus. Bob Davis ain't walking around with no rooster pin. <laughs> and Kate came home from that and her and my cousin and her husband were cackling and laughing. I'm insensitive. What the hell's going on? You know, and I turned it down almost three times. I was involved with a thing called Lay Renewal. Okay. I was pretty big around here at the time, and that's where I was one of the state coordinators. We were going to Baptist churches. Yeah. Put a program on for the weekend. Okay. We would take care of their preschool up. And basically promoting small groups to get communication going. Right. And they would ask me to go and... Well, Kay would ask me, and I had this to do, you know. You know, what, what do I what do I say no to? They're both of God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I went down. They called me to go back down to Virginia Beach to do one. We need somebody to go down and give testimony. I'll go give testimony. There you go. So I went, and the reason that happened is God wanted Danny Whirl and I to hook back up. And I want to say it was within a couple of months at a mass gathering, this fellow came and talked about Kairos. Right. Talked about Kairos in Nottaway, which is where Danny's dad was. Right. Right after that, I was trying a case in Chesapeake. We had a store in Chesapeake, and my lawyer was one of my spiritual mentors, very devout Christian. He knew Danny. Okay. Because <laughs> he played center in Richmond like Danny did. Okay. He knew Danny. He was old, of course. And Donnie had been moved to Powhatan. I said, well, he's just closer to Danny. Right. And Joe looked at me in the eye and said, he's also closer to you. That's when God told me that. Yeah. I asked permission to get on his visitors list. And that started an odyssey. Mm-hmm. Some 18 years. Yeah. Just so that's how I got in Kairos. So just to explain for the, uh, the listeners, Kairos is a uh, Greek word. Basically, it means a special time. There are two words in the Greek language for time. One is kairos. The other one is chronos. Chronos, of course, is for the watch, your regular time of day. But we're talking about kairos, which is a special time. And this is a ministry that's targeting prisoners, people who are in, in prisons, who have struggled, they've made mistakes, they find themselves in this place. And in, in many times... As we've already discussed in our lives, it's when we go through those times of trouble and we feel down and out that our hearts finally get softened to the point that we actually listen to the words, uh, uh, God's word, and to hear that message and to, and to be receptive to the Holy Spirit. This ministry works within the prison systems to help turn these men and women 
to Christ, to help them get their lives back in line and get it straightened out. Now, Danny Worrell is a member of our church, and we'll be talking with Danny, and he'll, you'll be hearing his testimony at some point, and you'll get a, to learn a little bit more about his father. But his father was in prison, and uh, Brother Bob here uh, was able to witness to Danny's father through uh, the Kairos ministry for some 18 years. That was just him and me one-on-one. That was just you and him one-on-one? I was so nervous, I didn't know what to do. I understand. What were we talking about? What do we have in common? Yeah. And we had a lot in common. We were 18 months apart. 18 months and apart, that's good. 18 months apart in age, and he was an athlete. Yeah. yeah. And a very gifted musician. Was he now? I and didn't know he was a musician, too. Um, played the guitar by ear. Okay. Very gifted. He finally put Christ in his heart on a Cairo's weekend. I wasn't allowed to be there. Oh, okay. Because I visited him. You couldn't, you couldn't get both. Okay. Don't know how the rules work sometimes. So. That's right. Yeah, no. But uh, so you've been with Kairos, or working the Kairos ministry since 1999? 2000, maybe? 2000. Maybe 2000, 2001. Okay. So a good 17, 18 years. Well, 18, 19. Okay, 18, 19 years. Okay. We hope you enjoyed our time today with Brother Bob Davis and hearing his testimony. And we have much more to share with you from his experiences with Kairos. And we'll be sharing those with you in a future podcast. The stories of men who are spending life in prison and finding eternal life with Christ are absolutely amazing. If you're interested in Kairos and the ministry there, go to kairosprisonministry.org. Kairos is spelled K-A-I-R-O-S, and that's prisonministry.org. As you go through your week, remember Proverbs 25.11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. Have a blessed day.